everyone. She was there and now she's not. Happy Mother's Day. Once again, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I'm going to talk from Deuteronomy again. Um, Deuteronomy 4, because I can't get out of there. I just have been hanging out there. And uh, it's funny how those kinds of things happen. You read a book and, you know, it didn't, you know, you kind of read it and you got something from it. And, and all of a sudden, God begins to highlight more things to you. So we're back in Deuteronomy and he's highlighting things for me. So I'm going to start Deuteronomy 4, verse 4. And it says, But you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. Stop right there. We could leave with that. But you who held fast to the Lord are still alive today. What's that say? Hold on to God. Sometimes we try to do it in our own way, do it in our own strength. We think that our way's better, our plan's better. It's not. Hold on to God. He knows what's best for you. Verse 5. See, I have taught you statutes and rules. As the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples. Who, when, then, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely the great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all the law that I have set before you today. So in perspective of this, Moses is still talking to the people. He's still talking and he's, he's telling them that the Lord has given commands. He's given commands and so he goes on and he says this, if, if we obey these commands, he says wisdom and understanding will follow the obedience of God. Wisdom and understanding follow. So you understand how important it is that when God gives us um, a command to do, to follow it, because when we follow the commands of the Lord, wisdom and understanding always come with it. I can tell you many times where I have gone and God has given me things to do and, and, and it was kind of a struggle. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I don't know if I can. Whatever it is, stop letting fear hold you back from your destiny. Anyways, when we go out, and, and, you know, I'm, he's giving me these things and I'm unsure if this is what I, if I'm going to obey, if I'm not going to obey, but surely when I obey, what happens then is suddenly wisdom and understanding is open to me. Things that I would have never saw had I not listened to God. Wisdom is open to me. Understanding is open to me. God always leads you in directions where he wants to lead you to grow and to learn. Wisdom and understanding comes when you obey God. But then Moses says, but then also because when we obey, what will happen is people will look and say, oh my goodness, what an how much wisdom and understanding this nation has. And so it's referring to the nation, to the people, but he's referring, in this instance, it's referring to the church as well. When we obey, what wisdom and understanding will have, people will look and say, look, they have so much wisdom and understanding. Why do we have it? Because we obeyed God. Because we followed after what he said. And then it goes on to say, and then they'll say, what a great nation, what a great people that have such an amazing God, this wrecks me, have such an amazing God that he comes when they call. That they have a God that's so close to him that when they just mention his name, he's there. 
This is our God. This is our God. What an amazing God we have, that He's just so close that even when we call out to Him, He's there. And then it goes on to say, and then they'll say, what amazing God that they have whose commands and His statutes are so righteous, are so righteous. When we follow the commands and the leading of God, what He commands us to do, His, His decrees that He makes for His life, they're righteous. They're righteous. We just need to obey. So then it goes in verse 9. It says, only take, and we're going to stay in verse 9, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, lest you depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and to your children's children. So now Moses is saying, okay, so we're going to obey the commands of God. Then he gives this kind of like a warning almost, and he says, only let's make sure that we take care. Let's make sure that we keep our soul diligently. I like how it says it in the message. I'm going to read it there. Verse 9, chapter 4 in the message. Just make sure you stay alert. That you keep a close watch over yourselves. Don't forget anything that you've seen. Don't let your heart wander off. See, he's listing things. Stay vigilant as long as you live. Teach what you've seen and heard to your children and your grandchildren. So we're staying in verse 9 and we're going to break this up. So number one, he says, stay alert. Only make sure that you stay alert. While you're on this road of obeying God, stay alert. While you're on your way to the promised land, stay alert. In other words, he's saying, don't get lulled to sleep. Don't go to sleep. I think of the, the story of Jesus when he goes with the disciples into the garden and he says, stay, you know, watch and pray with me for a while. He goes off, prays, he comes back, he finds them asleep. He goes off, prays, he comes back, finds them asleep. He goes off, prays again, finds them asleep. Something, somewhere has lulled them to sleep. It's like the verse um, in the Bible that says, awake, O sleeper, arise from your slumber. Something has lulled you to sleep, somewhere. And in this verse, in this passage, and in many other passages, it says, stay alert, stay awake. Disappointments can lull you to sleep. Frustrations can lull you to sleep. Hurts, trials, any of those kinds of things can lull you to sleep. You know, there's disappointment in our life when we thought things were supposed to look a certain way and they didn't. And if we're not careful and we stay in that disappointment or we, we go to it and we thought it was supposed to be, look different, so we shut our hearts down. And, and we shut our hearts down to the promises of God and to hoping in God, we lull ourselves to sleep. Keep hope alive. In 1 Peter 5, verse 8 to 11, it says, Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before the generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word, yes, he does. So he's saying, 
The enemy would like nothing better than to catch you napping. He would like nothing better than to catch you asleep. Asleep in your disappointment. Why? Why? Because then you're unaware when he comes in. Awake, O sleeper. Be aware that the enemy walks around seeking whom he may devour. He would like nothing more than for you to fall asleep, than for you to be sleeping in who you are, in your identity in Christ. He would like nothing more for you to get into disappointment and go to sleep. He would like nothing more for offense to take you over. He would like nothing more for bitterness to spring up in you and cause you to go to sleep. We talked about this on the live on Thursday about the keeping the passion, keeping the fire of God burning in your life, fanning the flame, always checking, how's the fire going? Is it still there? Or have I let the fire go down? Busyness, frustrations, disappointments, all of those things, offense, bitterness, um, unforgiveness, those things cause the fire to go out and we must stay alert. How am I doing? I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to take those, um, you know, take bites of certain fruit, of, of rotten fruit in my life, because I'm not gonna let anything lull me to sleep. Yeah, I, 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 I love the analogy in the Bible that says, that if the homeowner, it's, it's referring to Jesus coming back, but it's the, it's the same thing if it says, if the homeowner knew that the thief was coming that night to break into his house, he would stay awake. He would stay awake all night because he wasn't gonna let anything come in and steal from him. And so the same thing for us, the enemy, or the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He, he comes to steal from us. We must not be caught napping. We must not be caught sleeping. We must stay alert. Number two, it's, so it says stay alert. And the next thing he goes on to say is keep close watch over yourself. Keep your soul diligently. So what's going on in my soul? What's going on in my heart? Is there hopelessness there? Is, there? is there fear? Is there frustration? Is there disappointment? Is there offense? Is there bitterness? What's going on in my heart? Being aware of all times, because the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. We know this, I preach this on a regular basis. Guard your heart with all diligence, why? Because out of it comes the wellspring of life. What happens to me right, if I'm not watching what's going on in my heart, my heart becomes what I do. My heart becomes what I think. My heart becomes how I act, how I react. It becomes my life. And you know, we are so good at running from our heart. We're so good at turning a blind eye to what's going on in our heart. We'll go all day without finding out. We'll go all day being frustrated and angry, but ignoring it, turning a blind eye to it. We get busy with our kids, busy with our work, or we're just ignoring it and we're busy shutting it out with every kind of vice we can think of, Netflix, video games, alcohol, whatever, and we don't consult our heart. What's actually going on in my heart? And what happens when we do that is we ignore it one day, but then all of a sudden we've ignored it for a week and then a month, and then suddenly we've ignored it for a year, and we're standing 
standing a year later and we don't look like the same person that we did back there. Why? Because we let things fester in our heart and grow in our heart that God wanted to deal with. And a year later, we look completely different because we've made decisions out of the pain of our heart that we ignored and wouldn't allow God to heal. So pay close attention to your heart. While you're on the journey, offenses will come. Dis you will be disappointed at some point in your life. You will be discouraged at some point of your life. You will have chance to be offended at some point in your life. But you get to choose whether or not you allow those things to stay in your heart or you allow God to deal with them. Don't ignore what's going on in your heart. Because if you ignore it today, it will be product of your tomorrow. Psalms 23 says, He provides me rest in rich green fields besides streams of refreshing water. He soothes my fears. This is the passion if you're wondering why it sounds different. Uh, he makes me whole again, steering me off worn hard paths to roads where truth and righteousness echo his name. He provides me rest in rich green fields beside streams. But then it says, he makes me whole again. There's times where your heart is going to break. There's times, like I said, you're going to be frustrated, disappointed. There's going to be times. But how... If you ignore your heart, you stay broken. If you take your heart to God, He makes you whole again. And then it says, He steers you off worn hard paths. Have we ever been in that place where you're like, how did I get here again? How did I do this again? Go to God. Go to God in your disappointment, your frustrations, all of those things. Go to Him because He steers you back on the right path. He is your shepherd. I deal with my soul with sticking close to the one who knows my soul better than anyone else. Number three, don't forget anything you've seen. So he says, be alert, watch for your soul, and don't forget anything that you've seen. In order to forget something, you have to have known something at one time. And in this place, he's calling us to live a life of remembrance. And I just felt God so strong on this part when I was, when I was preparing this, to live a life of remembrance. Deuteronomy 7, chapter 17, again, in Deuteronomy, I'm all over it. In, seven, in verse 17, it says, If you say in your heart, the nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? And then the verse 18 says, you shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. The great trials that your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So will the Lord your God do to all the people of whom you are afraid. So first of all, he says, don't be afraid. How, how not to be afraid? You remember what the Lord has done. How do you get out of fear? You remember that God has been with you every step of the way. He goes on and lists all of the things 
He says that they have to remember to be thankful for. He says the great trials your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, the outstretched arm. He says, I did it then, I'll do it again. I kept you safe then, I'll keep you safe here. And here's the thing, is, is he lists the steps. There were steps to their freedom. There were steps to their freedom. There were steps to the deliverance. There were steps. And a lot of times we get disappointed and frustrated because we had an outcome in our mind that thought that God was going to snap his fingers and everything would be better. And then we lose hope in the middle of it. Don't lose hope. Remember that there was this step and there was victory. There was this step and there was victory. There was this step and there was victory. There was this step. There were steps. He says, remember them all. Give thanks to God for them all. Give thanks to God. Remember His goodness throughout every step of the way. All of it, the hand of God leading you towards your victory. Stay in remembrance. Do not forget the things that God has done. Never lose the awareness of His presence in your life. Never lose the awareness of His presence. His faithfulness and His goodness towards me isn't the absence of bad or hard things. It's the awareness that He was present with me in it. It's not, it's not that you're not going to go through hard times. Hard times will come. Rough, you know, down on your knees, gut-wrenching things, they will come. Life is hard. It is. But that doesn't mean that God's not good and He's not faithful. It's, it's changing your perspective to having an awareness that He's been present with you all along the journey, all along the way. Listen, I've been through hard times. I've been through those kind of times that, that drag you to your knees. I know you have too. I know we all have. We're not exempt from it. I know it. Times where you're not even sure you're going to survive it. I remember um, going in, I remember sitting with my mom while she was dying. And, and I know that I've shared these stories before, but they're my stories. They're all the ones that I got. So I, I'm sitting with my mom and, and she's dying. She's been fighting cancer. We were hoping that she would live. And then I remember the moment in my heart where I re realized she's not going to make this. She's going to die. And I remember I was 15 years old. I remember saying goodnight, going to my room, shutting the door, lying on my bed, face down, and I started to sob. And I look back and I know, I know that I know that Jesus was in that room with me, with his hand on my back. I know it. It's the awareness of the presence. Was it a hard time? Absolutely. But was his goodness in the room with me? Yes. Was his faithfulness there? Yes. I remember another time when I had been believing God for the baby in my womb and I knew that, that, that there, was, there had been some bleeding and I'd gone to the doctor and I was hoping that he would walk in and say, the baby is fine. But he walked in and he said, you lost the baby. 
And it took everything, everything, everything in me to hold it together so I didn't lose it in that place. And I remember walking to the car, just trying everything I could to hold it together. And I sat in the car and I just completely lost it. I know that he was with me in that moment. I remember going home and, and going into the bathroom and just gripping the, the, um, the sink because of the pain that I felt in my heart was so deep. It felt like I'd never get out of that moment. I know he was standing with me in that moment, holding me together. It's the awareness of the goodness of God in your life. It's the awareness of his presence that even in the hard times he was there. I remember when I was so deep in drugs, I remember the the emptiness that I felt and I look back at that moment and I can hear him calling my name every single day he's calling your name too I remember the marriage troubles I remember the financial troubles I remember all of those things the pain of people talking against you I remember it all and I know that he had his arms wrapped around me it's not the absence of trials and tribulations and hard times. It's the awareness of the presence of God in your life every single day. Stay in remembrance of even the little things. God's always been there. Like the verse says at the beginning, you're here because of God. Because He's the sustainer of life. Nothing else is. He is. You're here because of Him. Whew. When He arrives, when He shows up, it changes everything. So for some of you that just, I can't, I pray right now that those, those hurts, those wounds of the past, that you can't seem to get out of. I pray right now that God shows you where he was in the middle of it all, holding you close to his heart. Weeping when you were weeping. Dragging you out of the places that you shouldn't have been in. Holding so tightly onto you, calling your name from darkness into light. Every single moment he's been with you. Imprint this on their lives, Father. Lamentations 3.20 says, My soul continues to remember it and is bowed down within me. He, he's talking about how he's going through a hard time. Times are tough. They're, they're in the middle of the trenches, in the middle of battle. Things aren't going right. And then he says in verse 21, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. He calls to mind the goodness of God and therefore he has hope. Yes, I may be in the middle of a really hard time. I may be in the, the middle of breaking in my life. But I remember that I have been through hard times before and I am here because of God. I am here because he walked into my room and held me. I am here because he wiped the tears away from my face. I'm here because he whispered my name. I'm here because of God. And so I recall these things to mind that I got through that, I will get through this. I stay in the remembrance of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not 
all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfies you with good. Remember all the things that he has done for you. And if you can't remember, if you can't see your way out of it, get around people that can encourage you and tell you about the goodness of God in their life. Number four, don't let your heart wander off. Don't get distracted. There are things that are at war for the affections of your heart. And don't let your affection of your heart turn from Jesus. Don't get distracted. I'm going to read 1 Peter 5, verse 8 again, and it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That word sober doesn't really mean not to, or don't be drunk or with alcohol. It's saying don't be intoxicated with the things of the world. It's using it as a metaphor. Don't be intoxicated with the things of the world, with, with the, the allurement of the flesh. Do not be intoxicated with the things going around, but be intoxicated with the love of the Father. Be intoxicated with who Jesus is. Be intoxicated with the things of the Spirit. Make those things what you look at. Don't be intoxicated with what's going on with the Kardashians with Carol Baskin. <laughs> Be intoxicated with the things of heaven. In 1 John 2.16, it says, for all the world can offer us is the gratification of the flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance. None of these things come from the Father, but from the world. Those three things are distractions from the Father. They are meant to distract you from the things of the kingdom. They are meant to distract you from your destiny. Understand, recognize what the enemy is up to. You know, the enemy very seldomly looks like a thief when he first comes. He very seldomly looks like the enemy of your soul. He very seldomly looks like a lion. He's usually in disguise and he sounds like something that would taste good. He sounds like a good thought. That's why you stay alert. Psalms 50 verse 18 says, when you saw a thief, you consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. When you saw a thief, you consented with him. And I thought about this verse, I read this in my devotional time and I just like, poof. And I thought about the times where you know that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing or you're about to do something and you hear the Holy Spirit say, girl, or you not, if you're, I hope the Holy Spirit's not calling the men girls. I don't think he is. But if you, you hear the Holy Spirit, I do, girl, don't do it. Don't be doing it. And you do it anyway. You're consenting with a thief. The thief that's come to steal, kill, and destroy from you, and you have given your ear to him. 
You've received counsel from him. Come on. You know what the enemy is after. He's after your soul, your destiny. He's after things he wants to take from you. And yet we lend ourselves to him. We lend ourselves to his lies. We think it's just a little thing I can disobey here. You're receiving counsel from the enemy of your soul. The, the lion, the guy who walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And we lend our ear and we lend our attention and we lend our heart and we lend our time. Don't lend your ear. It will cause your heart to wander off. Don't lend your attention to a thief. It will cause your heart to wander off. Don't, don't lend your time to a thief. It will cause your heart to wander off. Number five, stay vigilant. I had to look up the difference between staying alert and staying vigilant because they seemed like they were the same thing to me. <laughs> but vigilant is being aware and on guard against danger and being alert, which was the number one point, stay alert. Being alert is being attentive and awake. So being vigilant is I'm on guard. I am guarding myself. The enemy is coming. Hard times are coming. I need to stay prepared. I need to be on guard. And so it went to Ephesians 6.10, which a lot of us know this, but it says, now my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. These most important truths be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in you and through you. But on, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold the dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Ooh, church, you are destined for all things and you will rise victorious. That's a word for somebody right now who feels defeated. You are destined for all things and you will rise victorious. In fact, it's somebody that's dealing with depression. <laughs> You're dealing with depression right now and you can't seem to get your way out of it. You are destined for all things and you will rise victorious. You take that word, you speak it over yourself. I am destined for all things and I will rise victorious. You're coming out of this. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert that you're always ready to share the blessing of peace. 
in every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God and pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede in every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessing of God upon all his believers. Put on the full armor of God that you would be able to stand. You need the full armor that God provides so that you can stand. A lot of us aren't standing because we never put on the armor of God. tried to fight a battle in our own flesh. Number six, teach your children. What, this is, we're ending here. What a beautiful way to end on Mother's Day. Teach your children what you have seen and heard. Teach your children what you have seen and heard. God is a generational God. He's about the generations to come. And I'm telling you right now, God is raising up an army of children that will walk in signs and wonders. They will walk in the supernatural. And so it's up to us right now that we begin to teach them. We begin to talk to them about the things of heaven, about the things of God. We allow their imagination to run wild with the things of the kingdom. I sit with Judah every single night and we discuss God. We discuss the Bible. We discuss, the other night he asked me, Mom, how do I know that God's real, or excuse me, how do you know that God is real? How do we know that it's not some other God? These are, these are innocent questions. I just wanna know. And that's when you begin to retell them the things that God has done in your life. Because Judah, one time I, felt so empty inside and God stepped in. I've seen his hand in my life and tell the stories. There's a legacy that God has left for us to leave our children. And even if you don't have children, tell the children around you. Right now, the moments that we're going through, the places that we're going to are bigger than us and they're bigger than we think. It's always about generations. And we are pioneering something for the next generation to come. We are pioneering something in the spirit for the next generations to come. So we begin to teach. And one of the ways we teach isn't just by our mouths, it's by the lives that we lead. It's by the prayers that we pray. It's by the bold faith that we step out in. It's the way we conduct our lives. It's how they watch us walk through wilderness seasons. We teach them not just with our words, but with our lives, with our surrender, with our laid down lives, with the cross that we carry, we teach our children, the next generations to come, 
as I follow Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray right now for generations. God, I just pray that there wouldn't be a separation between old and young. But there would be an impartation from old to young. That there would be an impartation of the Spirit of God into the younger generation. That the paths that we've pioneered and the wildernesses that we've walked through, that we would be able to impart wisdom to them, but that we would, that they would walk farther than us. And that there wouldn't be jealousy or shame, but there would be a cheering on. As we call the generations to rise, that there would be a walking hand in hand, that there would be an honor that would go back and forth as generations honor generations. That there would be a unity from young to old. That we would see value in young and we would see value in old. That we would see the need for each other all throughout the land. That honor, we would be a nation of honor. nation of honor, a people of honor. And children, spiritual children, would rise up and call older generations blessed, blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Adam, wow. Well, I feel it over here. I don't know if you feel it over there, but I feel it over here. God is just moving and it's amazing.